following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. Hey, it's Christmas time, so I want to just go ahead and say this. Merry Christmas. We don't have any trees or anything, but we do have lights. Aren't those, aren't those lights pretty? How many of you guys are ready for Christmas? Ready? How many of you are decorated your house? Maybe you're outside of your house. Go ahead and raise it high. Don't be ashamed. How many of you have decorated your dog already? Right? How, how many Clark Griswolds do I have in the house this morning? Anybody? I hear you. It's okay, man. Listen, no shame at the cross. We just sang about it, man. Hey, uh, it is Christmas time. I love Christmas time. Christmas time is more than just presents and all that stuff. We're not, we're not going to talk much about the presents and the baby Jesus and, and all that. There's one thing I like to say about baby Jesus is baby Jesus grew up. Amen? I'm thankful that baby Jesus grew up. But, you know, Christmas time is so much more about Christmas presents and all that, especially you young people. I went to the mall Friday. Lord, forgive me, right? Um, but it's so much more than just that. It, Christmas is about family time, isn't it? I love, wait a minute, you can't lie in church, but I like hanging out with family. I really do. Um, I like hanging out with our family. Um, but listen, man, listen, the family stresses and some of the anxiety that being with your family in those close quarters, you know, those things can reveal a lot of, of, of let's just say, the weaknesses and, and some of the, uh, the, the cracks in our lives, right? My family, for instance, is not perfect. We're just not. Mostly because I'm in it that we're not perfect, but it's just that way. Like this son, this past Thursday, I was the weird uncle at Thanksgiving. I was. Pastor Bradley and I are related. We're brother-in-laws, right? And so we take turns rotating who's going to be the weird uncle at Thanksgiving. It was my turn. Next year, he's going to be the weird uncle. We all have the weird uncle, don't we? Right? Okay. Well, I thought, whew, maybe I'm the only weird one. But yeah, we all have those things. But my family is not perfect by any stretch. Just last week, my family, my wife and I, and my four children, I have three children that can walk, and I have one that we have to tote everywhere we go. We, we made a trip to Hobby Lobby, right? You've been to Hobby Lobby this Christmas season? It's of the devil, okay? I'm just going to say it out loud. Um, I think that those stores should have, like, ratings, like movies have on them. So, like, Kmart or Walmart should probably be rated R. Hobby Lobby should be rated X because no child should be allowed in those doors, right? Because they're close quarters and there's so many break, breakable things on the shelf. And I've got Lincoln and I've got Emory and I've got Grady. And so we took a family trip to Hobby Lobby. And for the thick next 30 minutes of my life, my blood pressure was through the roof. For the next 30 minutes of my time at Hobby Lobby, I said, Grady, don't touch that. I said, Lincoln, I said, no. Because they were grabbing things, breakable things. Emory, don't even look at that. I said, stop. No. Over and over and over at Hobby Lobby. 
got to the point where I said, guys, y'all just stop breathing all together. Stop it. And it wasn't until I got in the parking lot and until I returned home that my blood pressure returned to normal. But what I learned in that time was that I totally missed something great. Something that was intended to be a family time. Something that was to be about uh, relationship building and, and memory making. I totally missed it. All because I was afraid that something was going to get broken and I may get in trouble and have to pay for something that, well, I didn't want to pay for and maybe couldn't pay for. And so I missed out all because of the fear of something getting broken. And then I started to think a little deeper because that's just what we preachers do. And I started to think how many, maybe how many of us sitting in this very room today feel the same way. Maybe we feel the same way about our Christian life. Because we're trying to do all of the right things. We're trying to do what we can do. And we're trying not to do what we can't do. And we're trying to follow all of the rules and all of the routines and all of the regulations. Because we don't want to break anything. And we don't want to have to get in trouble. And we don't want to have to pay for something that we don't really want or something that we cannot pay for in the first place. So I wonder how many of us Christians feel that same way. But how about the people who aren't in this room today? How about the people, our friends and neighbors, who want nothing to do with Jesus Because all they hear about is we can do this and we can only do so much of that. And they hear of our lists and our requirements and our routines. And they see us not even living up to them. How in the world are they going to be able to live up to them? And if we are simply trying to follow all the right rules... We're missing out on the relationship side of things. All out of fear and stress. And all of those things are eventually, and maybe some of us in this room today are already there. Those things lead us to bondage. I just don't think, church, that this is what Christ intended for us. I don't think this is what Christ died for. Do you? In fact, I know it isn't. You see, the Apostle Paul 
In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, if you have a phone or a Bible, I'd love for you to go there because I want you to see this with your own eyes. If you don't have either one of those, it'll be on the screen. I want you to see what the Apostle Paul says because he says something totally contrary to what you see here now. He says something totally different than maybe some of you feel today. Well, some of us may feel this way. And this is how you would maybe describe your relationship with Jesus as a bunch of rules and regulations that you work day and night to try to keep. But this simply leads to bondage. But the Apostle Paul said something different in Galatians 5.1. You see, he said it is for freedom. It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom. Not the fear of messing up. Not the fear of maybe you breaking something. Not the fear of you not being able to pay for something. But Paul says just the opposite of this. He said it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You see, this is the basis of our Christmas series. So Merry Christmas. And I'll say it again this morning. I truly believe that when we understand that freedom and we understand who we are in Christ, it will change everything. Because without Christ, there is no way you and I are going to be able to be in good standings with God. It's impossible. I know we have some pretty good people in this service. I look around and I see some really good people. On your best day, you cannot achieve right standing with God. Listen, I have to say this. My mother-in-law is in here. She is probably the best person in this group. That was a joke. Laugh. Thank you. She, on her best day, cannot achieve right standing with God. With God. You see, if it's up to us, if it's up to our performance to get ourselves in right standing with God, then we all are in trouble and we might as well pack up and go home right now. You see, the writer of Hebrews has something to say about this. In Hebrews chapter 10 is where I'd like for you to go because we're going to be spending quite a bit of time there this morning. And before you go crazy and think, oh, but how long is it quite a bit of time? About 15 minutes. And listen, I know. I've used to sit in your chair. I'm looking at my watch too. And then I'm going to spend about 20 more minutes somewhere else. Is that okay? And then about 30 minutes somewhere. No, I'm kidding. I want to watch football just like you. But the writer of Hebrews, who we do not know who it is, 
earlier service, I gave credit to a woman. I think a woman probably wrote Hebrews 10 because, man, it is great. No man probably could have written Hebrews 10, all right? I'm just going to say it. But in Hebrews 10, the writer writes some very powerful things that we need to understand here this morning. That we, on our best day, cannot perform well enough to get in right standing with God. So we need to understand how do we get into a right standing with God, okay? So the writer of Hebrews 10 explains it to us. The first thing I need you to understand this morning is this. That it is not about your performance, okay? It's not about your performance. You see, in the Old Testament times, Hebrews 10 talks about the Old Testament times, and it also talks about the New Testament times. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The New Testament, what we celebrated last week with Pastor Brent, when we took communion, remember that? We celebrated the New Covenant. That was one of the greatest communion services that I've ever been a part of, right? One of the greatest. You enjoy that? It's awesome. We celebrated the new covenant. But during the Old Testament, that whole left side of your Bible, there had to be some kind of sacrifice made so that you, man, could be in right standing with God. You see, even back in the Old Testament, sin and God did not mix, okay? And so there had to be a sacrifice made so that man and God could be in right standing. And the sacrifice came in a form of an animal, okay? Now get this. Do you know who performed those animal sacrifices? Like, do you know who actually took the knife and slit the animal's throats so the blood would spew out to cover the altar and make a sacrifice. you know who did that? Huh? The priest, the preacher. The preacher did that. I mean, can you guys, some of you know me well. Can you imagine me of all people? Yeah. It's just another reason I am so thankful for Jesus, all right? But... But the priest would stand there and kill this animal and perform the sacrifice and it would make or put man back in right standing with God. It covered their sins. Did you hear that? It covered their sins. It did not take away their sins, but it covered their sins until the next appointed time of sacrifice, okay? That's what took place back in the Old Testament. You see, we got to understand that that sacrifice of an animal didn't take away their sins because in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4, look at what it says. Hebrews 10, 4 says, because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. I want to say something to that. It is impossible for you to do anything to take away your own sin. Like we could go from this day forward sinless for the rest of our life and it would not cover your sins. Okay? It's impossible. The writer of Hebrews goes on. I'm getting nervous around these vases up here. I'm having flashbacks to 
Hobby Lobby. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, verse 11, listen to this. It says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. I I just wonder how many today feel like that this that you may be doing this very morning is part of your religious duty. And it's Sunday. And it's just because this is what you or someone else expects of you. Can I tell you that routine and whatever you're doing day after day, just like these priests, if this is all that we have in the form of our relationship with Jesus, it is if it already has not led to bondage. Because you are more about the routine than you are about the relationship with Jesus. There's nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you can perform That will ever, listen to me right here, that will ever put you in right standing with God. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good you look. And I don't care how good other people say you are. It will never be good enough. To put you in right standing with God. You see it's not about your performance. Because I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go out on a limb here this morning. And say that I bet. That here today we have some pretty poor performers. And you may feel like this. It's not about your performance. You see, the gospel tells us otherwise. You see, the good news of Jesus Christ tells us just the contrary. The Bible which we base everything off of here at this church, says just the opposite. It says it's not about your performance. The Scriptures say that it all is about Jesus and His perfection. You hear that? 
It's about His perfection. The writer of Hebrews goes on, thankfully, in Hebrews chapter 10. Because Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 is pretty exhausting and boring. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12, I like what he has to say or she has to say. Because it points to Jesus. And it points to His perfection. And not my pitiful, always shortcoming performance. You see what it says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. It says, but when this priest, being Jesus, when Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice. Do you guys hear that? Do you know what that one sacrifice was? It was his body. It was his perfect body. Remember what we celebrated last week that Pastor Brent did such a good job of describing to this church? What we celebrated last week was his one sacrifice of his perfect body. And the writer of Hebrews says, when this priest, being Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, it says he sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Guys, this is powerful stuff. This is life-changing stuff when we understand what this means. That Jesus performed the perfect sacrifice for you so that you can stop having to be in bondage over your pitiful performance. Because on your best day, on your best day that you think is grandioso, that you think you feel pretty good about and you need to pat yourself on the back about. On your best day, the writer, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah says that your righteous acts, so your good days, are nothing more than filthy rags. I'm sorry. The writer of Hebrews goes on. And he says in verse 14, pay close attention to this. In verse 14, it says, because by one sacrifice, Jesus' perfect body. By one sacrifice, who? He. Being Jesus. Listen, that doesn't say Scott. That doesn't say your prayer partner. That doesn't say your Sunday school teacher. That doesn't say your grandparents. That doesn't say anybody else. That doesn't say your perfect attendance to church. That doesn't say anything other than Jesus. It says, by one sacrifice, Jesus has made what? Perfect. Forever. Guys, do you know how long forever is? By one sacrifice, Jesus has made perfect 
forever. Those who were being made holy. That's us. And if we backtrack just a little bit to Hebrews 10.10. It says this. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Listen, by the way you guys are looking at me, I am glad I didn't write those things. Someone inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote those things. And I don't know if for way too long that we thought that God was so much like us, that God had good days and bad days, and that if God was having a good day and we were having a good day, then we were free. But watch out if God's having a bad day, because bondage is where it's at. Listen, God does not have multiple personalities. You see, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And when we understand just how perfect He is, and when we understand that we can live and move and have our being in Him, church, it changes everything. I don't have to be in bondage because I perform poorly. The reality of it is, is I do perform poorly. I love to celebrate that. I love to celebrate it when people get that. When people understand who they are in Christ. And when they remove themselves from behind the wall of bondage into Christ's freedom. As we celebrate that around here, I believe truly that that changes everything. It will change your family's dynamic. I promise you. I promise you. And I truly believe, and I am not just blowing smoke, that understanding who we are in Christ is what is going to change this community. So we celebrate it. I want you to take a look at this video. There's one, one thing that happened last week, and it had never happened before, um, that, that, that God loves me. I, I don't have to do anything. He loves me when things are going well. He loves me when things are going bad, when, when I am uh, speaking truth or when I've blown it and lost my temper or struggled with something. I uh, went to bed one night, and that day uh, I had just I had just blown it over and over and over and over. And I usually um, kind of just kind of wallow in that. And God just tapped me. He says, "Hey, that's not who you are. That doesn't define you." And in that moment was the very first time 
that within moments, within seconds, I, I let that go. I, I could see, yeah, I had blown it, and I had blown it big time with maybe um, not being patient, not being kind, and it was probably, it was probably toward you. Um, yet, I was able to stand in a place of complete freedom, and my my complete uh, uh, holiness. And it had nothing to do with me. It, it, it all has to do with Him and being fully accepted in Him. And those things happen all the time now. Do I still get upset? <laughs> yeah. Do I still struggle with um, this? The, the, what I guess I would call what I think normal people struggle with. Um, it, it's, it's normal, but yet... My work doesn't define me. My husband doesn't define me. My child, my children, they don't define me. How good I look doesn't define me. My past does not define me. Christ and Christ alone defines me. The cross truly is enough, and it's truly that simple. It has absolutely changed who I am and how I speak and what I do. So I know some of the thoughts that are going through our minds could sound like this. Scott, it sounds like that, that you are exaggerating grace. It sounds like that you are extending grace way beyond grace. Can I just say that I believe that that is impossible to do? I don't think that grace has an end. I believe if grace ends, then judgment and the law begin. So I don't think I'm extending grace. I think it is impossible for me to stand here and exaggerate the love of Jesus Christ. I don't think I can exaggerate it. I think his love is greater than any human words that I will ever be able to say from a stage. So that's not what I'm doing. But what I am doing, what I am doing is I am grossly I am grossly miscommunicating to you all the love that Jesus has for you. I can't do it justice. I know that there are some of you in this room today, and this is your performance. And this performance leads you to this. I know. I've been there. But there's also some people in this room. And that little chip right there that nobody can even see. You're the only one who sees it besides God. So it looks pretty good from back there, doesn't it? 
but your performance and you know it that there's a chip and your performance is leading you to here as well it's bondage and it's stress and you're tired of trying to repeat and to do and to perform your way God's love. It's an impossibility. And so I don't care this morning if, if, if this is your life or if this is your life or maybe you're somewhere in between. Paul says this in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 he says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while you were still wrecking Hobby Lobby right while you and you Christ died for you. I can't humanly express that love. And he did that long before you ever started performing good or bad. stop there and we miss verse 11 we're going to miss it all this morning because Paul goes on and in verse 11 he says this not only is this so but we also rejoice Paul is getting excited and he says that we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation yeah that's worth celebrating church you see we've received reconciliation because whether you want to admit it or not this is all our lives right here and through Christ Jesus we have received reconciliation now I know reconciliation is a big word I'm from Wahlberg that is a huge word I don't use it anywhere but in church I don't use it out there I just don't but that word reconciliation listen to what it means Over the last month, we've been talking a lot about exchanging things, exchanging our desires for God's desires, right? That word reconciliation and what Paul was saying there is that we, through Jesus Christ, can exchange our sinful lives, this stuff. We get to exchange our sinfulness for Christ's perfection. Amen. I need that church because I'm broken and I'm a mess and I need Jesus' perfection 
way over my performance. You see, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And it has nothing to do with your performance. It all has to do with Jesus' perfection. Now, I love what Paul says. You see, that word freedom means the liberty (laughs) to do as one pleases. That's what it means. We have the liberty to do as we please. But when we have truly encountered Jesus Christ and His perfection, and when that exchange of our sinfulness for His perfection takes place, see there is a natural instinct to not do what we used to desire to do but when this exchange takes place even though we have the liberty to do whatever we desire that liberty now has a natural instinct to do what God desires for us to do it's sort of crazy it's like blinking our eyes I don't think there's anybody in this room today that sat there every four seconds that said, blink, 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 blink. No, it just happens. And it only happens when we've exchanged this pitiful performer, this sinfulness for Christ's perfection. That's what it means to truly be set free from this bondage. So I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Pastor Bradley and Pastor Brent are coming to the front now. Because I know God's dealing with some of you. this right here represents your life we're ready to deal with it and some of you today are ready to exchange your sinfulness for his perfection Scott I have never said anything to Jesus but today I am wanting to accept his perfect sacrifice you mean to tell me he died for me yes that I can exchange this wretchedness and this nastiness and my poor performance for his perfection? Yes. Oh, there's a lot more that comes after that, and that's why we have a class called Momentum One here at this church. You'll be hearing much more about that in the near future. But today, if you want to exchange your sinfulness for his perfection, Pastor Bradley and Pastor Brent and myself, we want to pray with you. So as this next song plays, I'm just going to ask you to be bold enough to come join us up front. Maybe there's some of you who maybe you're just somewhere in between here and and you just need to do some work with God this morning. Like you're like, man, I don't know why I'm going to Connection Church. I don't even know why I'm getting up. I'm still having tryptamine or whatever that stuff is in turkey hangover like I don't want to go to church but some reason you found yourself here and you just want to just pray like because life is just this 
we want to pray with you. And so whatever you need to bring to God this morning, we want to pray with you. And so as this next song plays, maybe that's you. And you know what? Maybe you just want to stay right there in your chair. And you just want to take care of business with God right there. Amen. We have connection cards. I'd love to know what God's doing maybe in your heart right now today. You can just fill that out and drop it in one of the buckets as you leave. Pastor Bradley, Pastor Brent, and myself are here. We want to pray with you this morning. God, we love you. And we give you thanks in advance for what you're about to do and what you already have done. Jesus, we love you. And it's in your powerful and holy name we pray.